0: Okay, so if I can have your attention, that would be wonderful. We wanted to start our our spiritual discipline series with Sabbath, but then... uh, it coincided so well with fasting, it would be kind of awkward to speak about Sabbath now and not fasting. So we're, st- we're starting with this. Um, if you would rem- remember, as part of our vision and strategy for the year, one of the things that we have felt in our hearts is that Yes, we know the basics of the gospel, and we should teach that, and that makes us grow um, but then also, we should learn the practices whereby we engage the presence of God and God himself and his ways and his and his, and his, and his principles, and those things we call spiritual disciplines now I'll tell you a little bit more because about why. That's important just now because I know for a lot of Christians the word discipline seems like work, seems like the flesh, and you're not that keen on it, or it seems like punishment. But I would like to, as we share on four essential disciplines throughout this year and at our big groups, we're only going to do four, I would like for you to open up yourself to receive Spiritual disciplines as being one of the biggest blessings that is given to us um, and that helps to position us in the love of God. So, we're going to speak about fasting tonight. So, introductory slide on why disciplines. Firstly, there is no gaining of righteousness through the doing of spiritual disciplines. You can fast and Sabbath and pray all you like. You'll not get more right with God. Okay? So don't think you're just an amazing Christian and you actually just want to let everyone... You don't want to let people know, but you do want to let people know that you're actually so amazing that you do fast once a week now. Um, And you think inherently there's some form of righteousness in it. There is no righteousness In doing the disciplines. There is, however, a massive gaining of the life that he promises. The life in abundance that he promises. When we position ourselves, and this is the spiritual disciplines are a positioning. To be positioned in order to receive all of his love and all of his grace. No inherent righteousness in them but they're a positioning for our hearts where we receive His love and His grace and the fullness of it. Also, it speaks to the intentionality in our hearts for our spiritual growth and our intimacy with Him. When we cry out, God, I want to be like you. God, I want to be with you. Spiritual disciplines are the things that gives action to that desire of the heart and creates the space wherein we seek Him and we grow in Him, and we're transformed by Him, as Scripture says, as we behold Him. So, that's a two-minute summary on why disciplines. We are going to, the series that we're planning to work through this year is, on the next slide, fasting, Sabbath, prayer, and the Word. These are not things that you should know more of, but things that you should do more of. Um their value is more than any other earthly endeavor out there, and uh, we hope that you can you would go on the journey with us. Um, this is one of the journeys we plan for the year is the spiritual discipline series um, um, if God wouldn't interrupt us um, in some way, and also the practical Christianity series. Which is a different element of spiritual growth that we are looking into through our homie Sunday series. So please join us on these discipleship journeys this year. Fasting. Quickly, Jesus said the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast. He acknowledged that his disciples, when he's gone, will fast. What is it? Why? How? we will speak about that. The Sabbath... Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to man. We're going to explore what it is, why it's such an amazing gift, and how to actually walk in that. Prayer. Scripture says, pray without ceasing. How on earth do we do that? And what does that mean and look like and why? And the word of God in Joshua, we read that this book, the law shall not depart apart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on a day and night. Um, and we are going to s- speak into the whys, the what's in the hows of all of those. Moving into fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. One of my uh, ultimate authors, Richard Foster, said that. A voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. In Scripture, we read that fasting is mostly concerned with not eating or eating and drinking. There's also an instance where they speak about married couples fasting in a sense from intercourse for the sake of prayer. But mostly when Scripture speaks about fasting, it's speaking about um, it involves food. Um, It doesn't have to only be food, but that's what we see in Scripture. Now, obviously, you can fast for health reasons. You can do intermittent fasting and all kinds of things like that. I personally find a lot of value in intermittent fasting as well. I, I do skip many breakfasts. But that's a completely different thing. Okay? Do not confuse the two. And do not do the one for the other and the other for the one and think it's kind of of a two-in-one. Don't do that, okay? The one is a spiritual activity and the other is a health activity. The different kinds of fasts we see um, in the word is a dry fast. That is where you don't drink water or food like Jesus for 40 days. Um, and then there is a water-only fast, which is the one we see most in Scripture. Richard Foster would also say why that is, but a water-only fast—that's the one we usually do when we say fast. That's usually what we mean in our church context. We mean drink water only, um, and that. And then there's also a um, Daniel-type fast where you fast certain types of food. Now, the specific Daniel fast was to eat veg. Uh, fruit and veg only, but you could have a different kind of a Daniel fast, which is, which is a partial fast. And then I don't think there's anything wrong with fasting something else that has got a hold on you and that you've got a need for and a desire for that you engage in every day. So I do think that's healthy to fast other things as well. But that's uh, the basics of what it is. Charles Spurgeon said when we... St- So we start answering the question, why we fast? He said, our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle have been high days indeed. Never has heaven's gate stood wider. Never have our hearts been nearer the central glory. Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4, when he was tempted by the enemy, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. When he was fasting and the enemy said, hey, you could, if you are really who you say you are, make, like, speak to these rocks and they'll become bread. And he rebuked him and uh, it's from Deuteronomy 8 verse Three speaking about the hungry in the desert and how God provided for them. That's where the scripture comes from. It. He says, "Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word comes from the mouth of God." So we know that Jesus fasted, right? And he said that there's more to live on than bread. Jesus fasted. The next scripture, Matthew 9:15. Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Jesus had an expectation that his followers will fast. Jesus fasted, and he clearly said that his followers will fast when he's gone. Matthew 6 also, where he speaks about fasting, he says, When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. So there is the expectation from what we see from Jesus that his followers would fast, that that would be a practice that they would hold um, as part of their spiritual walk. So Jesus fasted. He knew that we would also fast. He wants us to fast then. Why do we fast fast? I found this quote from John Wesley very um, helpful in that. And Richard Foster echoes this sentiment. John Wesley said, Let the first, uh, first, let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eye singly fixed on Him. Let our intention herein be this and this alone to glorify our Father which is in heaven. That is the primary intention of our fast." Secondary intentions are good, but if secondary intentions become primary for the fast, we'll see what's, what, what, why this is not always ideal. Um, if it's more about what I really want out of this than about the glory of God first and whatever you want God, then the secondary purposes also get less, is less effectively dealt with if that makes sense. The glory of God is why we do it, humbling ourselves to, for His glory to worship Him. That's why we fast. Another reason why we fast... Jesus said in Matthew 17:21, he he's speaking about demons that was not so easy for the disciples to deliver the person from. And he said, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And commenting on things like that, Richard Foster says, fasting can bring breakthroughs in the spiritual realm that will never happen in any other way. That's a paraphrase of what Jesus is saying there. Saying this kind will not come out except by prayer and fasting. He's just paraphrasing and saying fasting can bring breakthroughs in the spiritual realm that will never happen in any other way. So why on earth would we not engage in this? It's the most effective thing against the flesh. Because we deny the flesh. And God takes over. It is one of the most effective tools against the flesh. Maybe I can tell you a quick testimony of this fast. For the last three years, and I'm going to confess now as well, for the last three years, I do not think I've, I've been a day without coffee. And not only one, quite a few. And more than that, even on the days I fast, I would tell myself, I'm just going to drink a black one in the morning so I don't have the headaches. And on the few days that I tried without coffee, I had such headaches by three o'clock, and it felt like I'm getting sick. You're, getting, you're going into shivers, and you've had a headache. I don't know if any of you. Felt that? Anna, oh, no, thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Henry. Jock. All right. So you can all come to the front. We are to do it. I realized I'm dependent on this. And for this fast, I was trembling. I'm saying, God, I'm not going to drink coffee. I'm going to die. And I spoke to some other pastors earlier the week, and we spoke about coffee and about fasting randomly. And the one guy said he almost he felt like he was going to die. Um like the pain (laughs) that made me think of, um, for those of you who watch that. But anyway, I didn't have a single headache for the last three days. And I drink, I didn't drink a single cup of coffee. That's awesome. Yeah. God delivered me. It was actually one of my two things. I said, God, I'm addicted to this phone and I'm addicted to coffee and we need to break. And God delivered me very, very practically. And so Derek Prince continues on this and says, when we ask why we fast, he says, Fasting deals with the two great barriers to the Holy Spirit that are erected by man's carnal nature. These are the stubborn self-will of the soul. I want what I want. And I don't really want to do what you want to do. But I will if you have to. And the insistent self-gratifying appetites of the body. Oh, I want a pizza now. Oh, I want a glass of wine. Oh, I want the insistent self-gratifying appetites of the body. Things that can be beautiful but just becomes a dependency. And we run to it rather than to the presence of God. And then you know. Then you know. And fasting deals with this in a very, very powerful way. Continuing on this, uh, Richard Foster again says, Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear. If they are within us, they will surface during fasting. I had an irritable spell yesterday that was near demonic. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we know that we are angry. Then we know that we are angry because the spirit of anger is within us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Christ. It's almost like it boils inside of you, and then all this gunk comes up. And when you're really hungry, then your worst comes out, and you see, oh, I've got these issues in me. And I know I'm irritable sometimes, and then it just got so much worse while I'm fasting, and I can repent, ask God to forgive me and deliver me in that space. That's some of the reasons why we fast. Now, I want to quickly read to you from Isaiah 58. I'm halfway through my teaching. I'm not going to try to be long, but I'm going to try to be comprehensive. I think it's a good, I think it's a good. Teaching, and I think it's going to get many of you fasting, which is, which is great. Okay. Um, Isaiah 58, you can open it up if you want. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 12 about true fasting. And um, I'm going to read it with emphasis because in the English, we do not pick up on the, on the sarcasm in the Hebrew. That's, that's in here. Okay, we can. It it can sound pretty confusing, and I might make a few notes as we as we go. But it's very um, it's very encouraging, but also um, exposing the heart of what might be false fasting and why one should not not fast and how one should not fast. Shout it aloud! Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem so eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of God. Oh, they ask me for just decisions, and they they seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it, God? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrel and strife and in striking each other with wicked wicked fists. I saw Will Ellum and Steve actually um, having a little tiff there at the back, so we'll pray for them afterwards. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast that I have chosen only for... A day for people to humble themselves. What about the rest of your life? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed? We can add in religious observance. And for lying in sackcloth and ashes just faking it. Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? No. He's speaking to the same thing that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 6 and what we also read in Zechariah 7 where God says, Were you even fasting unto me? And uh, the issue of our motive for fasting becomes clear. And it might not be so far out as these guys have been. But the issue is sometimes that we fast. And because we fast, we expect God would do something for us. And when we fasted, I fasted for seven days. No breakthrough. No breakthrough. But I fasted for seven days. But God, no breakthrough. You know why you don't get breakthrough. Because you're fasting like these guys. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To lose the chains of endurance. Justice, our hearts to break for what's breaking around us, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free. that what we're yearning for and contending for before Him, and to break every yoke that's on us, on me, and on those around me. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? Don't save money while you're fasting, give it away and feed the hungry. Those who are hungry every day. And provide for the, for the poor wanderer with sh- shelter. When you see the naked, to clothe them. And do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Look after them too. I'm adding a lot of emphasis. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call. And the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. And He will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your need in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. He will be like a well-watered garden garden like spring, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called repairer of the broken walls, restorer of the streets with dwelling. Amen. Real fasting with a broken and contrite spirit before God for His glory and for His justice and for righteousness in your own life, holiness in your own life, That breaks down before him in humility has got incredible blessing on it. Healing and deliverance and provision and blessing on it. But fasting that wants that by what it is doing. The act of fasting, thinking that gets some reward. Isaiah 58, Zechariah 7 and Matthew 6 addresses that. And I think it's very important that we address it as well. That our motives be right. All right. I've got a few fasting cries. Because when I fast and I get hungry, there are certain things that I just want to cry out to the Lord in that moment. I want to say, when I feel that hunger pains, I've got a knee-jerk response immediately. And I think that's really helpful. I've made a list of three or four of those. When we feel that hunger, I say, to you alone be the glory forever and ever. To you alone be the glory forever and ever. I say, oh God, I need and desire you more than food and drink. That's probably the one I say most. I desire you, when I feel that hunger, I say, God, I desire you more than this. I declare to my body, my soul, I need him more than I need food and drink. And desire him more. I said, God, break the cords of wickedness and in." Justice that we see around us. As I God deliver me from these cycles of sin or addiction, I find fasting cries very helpful. I'm going to wrap up now with how to. So now the spiritual component is done, and hopefully you have an importation in your heart that you desire to fast more for the breakthroughs and the things and the growth and the intimacy that we all really long for but often feel we fall short of. And remember, fasting itself will not get you there but the positioning that it grants will. And Jesus expected that we would with pure hearts. So, how do we fast? I think it's very important important this because it t- trips up a lot of us firstly we we need to prepare spiritually when we go into a fast make sure that your heart is clean against all others that you're not harboring unforgiveness in your heart make sure that when there is if there is sin in your life that you're aware of that you repent about that and bring that before god and say god i lay this down now and ask for your deliverance and have a moment of consequence with communion or something like that to say, God, I give myself to you now in this time and, and grow in expectation that, that God honors that and he wants to work in you. Have an expectation. Forgiveness, repentance, consecration, expectation. Prepare spiritually. Next, be clear on the Reason. Sometimes it's for intercessory purposes. We we are praying for something specific. Sometimes it's for personal victory and breakthrough. But remember that we do not try to trick God into giving us favor, but we humbly submit ourselves to God and cry out for His mercy. There's a difference. Corporate breakthrough when we're trusting for something as a community, when you have got a desire to grow your intimacy and faith, that would be one of the reasons that you would do a regular fast, like a weekly fast, would just be to position yourself before him the whole time to grow in faith and intimacy with him and to break the cords of, of, of the flesh in your life and its desires. And then I wanted to say, uh, I don't know why I added it here, but, When you are going to fast, when you are fasting, Jesus also says, don't share it with everyone. We've got this thing inside of us that we would really like to know that we would really actually like other people to know that we are fasting. And Jesus knows that, and he says, don't do that. So share it with those that need to know it. And if someone can really benefit from it, that they won't glorify you, but benefit from learning from you. Share it with them and share it with those that need to know. Never fast to prove yourself to yourself or to God or to others or to gain status or favor or to say, oh, I have done a seven-day fast. Have have you? I've done one. Have you? I haven't, by the way. Next thing is decide the um, type and duration. Just pray, ask God, and whatever you feel on your heart. So don't make too much of it. But remember, it's dry, water, or Daniel. Those are options. Um, the duration of it, if you haven't fasted for long, don't start with a week-long fast. Don't start with a three-day fast if you've never fasted. Start slowly. If you've never fasted, just fast one meal and see how it goes. Okay, And then you build it up um, until you can fast one meal day, you can build it up, build it up, Um, Richard Foster says, for instance, that up until 21 days of fasting, all the symptoms you feel is just your body being like a little um, child moaning, there's nothing wrong with you, you'll be fine, sometimes you might faint or have headaches, or uh, that's not an issue, you'll be fine, only if you've got severe symptoms you experience are between 21 and 40 days, you would consider that you break the fast, Obviously, seek, uh, speak to your doctor because some of us just do not accommodate it as well as others. Okay? So just speak to your doctor and make sure that this is, um, this is good. So for a dry fast, three to five days would be max. If it's warm, I mean, you might die in three days without water. But uh, this is a spiritual activity, so my experience has been that you don't. Um, And then a water fast, we would say, let's go for up to 40 days. I haven't done it, but the guys that fast a lot speak about it often. We sometimes make it such a big thing, three days of fasting. You you're of other churches where they regularly fast a week here and a week there. We should maybe just pick up a bit of speed on this. And then this beautiful quote by Derek Prince that really got me. If you spend a week fasting, this will probably have a substantial effect on the course of your life. It got me. I hope it gets you too. This will probably have a substantial effect on the course of your life. Are you looking for a substantial effect on the course of your life? Next I'm almost done. I said 8.30 by the latest to the family, so I have to honor that. Prepare physically and practically. Ask your doctor if there's any concerns. If you have any concerns and if you felt terrible and fainted a lot or whatever it was, speak to your doctor and just make sure. It would be helpful if he's a spirit-filled man or woman (laughs) to understand what on earth you're busy doing. Um I would, I would advise, I'm not a doctor, that you would stop when your symptoms exceed manageable headaches, tiredness, and um, dizziness. So expect headaches, tiredness, and dizziness. But if it becomes rather scary then, or unmanageable and you can't work for, uh, for long periods, maybe consider breaking the fast. And then very practically, just look at your week coming. Going like, okay, cool, so what commitments do I have? Is there a work lunch? Is there a this date? Is there that? And, and, and if possible, you know, how, how can I mitigate the situation so that I won't flaunt my righteousness in front of a specific group where I really wouldn't really want to do that? So can I just withdraw myself from that or should it's not the right time to fast now? So look at your calendar and plan it out very practically and communicate it well. It's very important. Spiritual activity during a fast. What do you do when you are fasting? Well, very simply, you read more Bible than usually because now you don't have food to live on. So you need to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And all of this comes from the mouth of God. Read Bible, feast on it, eat it. I had a friend once who literally ate some of these pages. Pray in the spirit and read whenever you're hungry. So whenever, whenever I'm hungry, I've got these cries that I go, "Oh God, I'm more hungry for You." I'm actually, saying, "Shut up, stomach! I'm hungry for God." Um, but start to pray when the impulse when the impulse comes. That's that's our reminder. It's a you know, it's, it's foolproof. We will be reminded. Um, and then while you're fasting, sit. Pray times aside for this or join the corporate if there is, but make sure that you are not just you know, starving and then eating again in the evening But you didn't have a consecrated time where you're actually going to pray. Physical activity during a fast. Interesting. You can live your life as normal. You can exercise. You can go for a jog. You can play touches. It doesn't really impact you that much. I wouldn't do high-intensity training. So you can figure out your own borders, but don't make it such a big thing. You can jog and just continue with whatever you did. You'll be fine um, while you are fasting. Uh, most of it is just in your head. Okay? You'll be fine. And then the last one, <laughs> second last slide, ending a fast. Obviously, we're going to thank God for what he has done and what he will do because very often very often the breakthrough comes after the fast, not during the fast, but after the fast. In Isaiah fifty eight it also says, then your light will break forth, or whatever does it say. So you see the effects of it after. So if you don't have the answer or the breakthrough in the fast, that's okay. Thank God for what is going to do. Um, Communion, we always, not always, but most of the time, we we end our fast with communion. So that we're intentional about how we're ending it, that we're ending it, and that we're consecrating that whole space to the Lord. Um, Yeah, then very practically a one-day fast. You can break with any normal meal. You won't have any adverse uh, effect. A long, dry fast... Um, you start with w- water. If you haven't had it for a couple of days, start with water. First, drink the water. Wait a while. Then, eat a small portion of fruit and veg based or something light and healthy. Not pizza. Um, or not McDonald's. I don't do that. <laughs> a small portion of s- something and then the rest. After a long water fast, So what I did now, is I I drank a smoothie, I I think it's a fantastic way to breakfast, I drank a smoothie, and it feels slightly heavy now, so my wrap is lying right there, I took it with me, I didn't want to leave it lying around anyway, so my (laughs) wrap is right there um, for, for, for just now. So after a long water fast, start with a small portion of fruit or veg or a smoothie, which is fruit and veg most of the time, and then... Eat after that. If you eat too much at once, you might just feel really bad. Okay, and if you eat unhealthy stuff, don't don't your your body's looking for nutrients, looking for stuff, and now you're giving it garbage. Don't do that. It's like ham and ham and toast sandwiches and stuff like that. Who had ham and toast sandwiches? Yeah. All right, last slide. I hope this was helpful to you um, regular fasting so a weekly a weekly fast or a m- monthly fast or stuff like that is really healthy but remember for what reason are you doing this? Do you want to pr- prove yourself worthy of, of something or do you want to humble yourself in the sight of God and become like him and know him and see justice flow on earth then a regular fast is a very good idea and also to break with these habits of the carnal um, of our carnality. Con- his glory our sanctification heaven to earth that would be good reasons to fast for regularly if you I would advise that you have a regular fast a weekly or a monthly um, fast it's a positioning to receive his love and his grace, and it declares your intentionality practically, that I want to grow in you and become like you, and I want to know you. Let's fast. Okay? It's much better than slow. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you have given us this beautiful discipline of, of fasting, And I pray that you would continue to impart a lot of these things into our hearts, Lord. And you would stir our desire for you so much and our desire to get rid of this world in us. Father, so much that we would long for this, long for these times of crying out to you, seeing your glory, becoming like you, Lord. I ask that you would do this in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for attending big group. It was awesome to have you. And uh, if you haven't invited someone for Homie Sunday yet, there's a lot of people around here that you can invite right now. Bless you.